Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Wednesday. It's the 6th of July. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Iowa Supreme Court has declined the governor's request to rehear an abortion case it decided less than a month ago. Last month, the court overturned a decision that said the Iowa Constitution protected a fundamental right to seek an abortion. But the court did not establish a new level of protection for abortion rights. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds asked the Iowa court to rehear the case and follow the U.S. Supreme Court in giving abortion rights very little protection. That would open the door for lawmakers to dramatically restrict abortion in Iowa. The Iowa Supreme Court's refusal to rehear the case means a 24-hour abortion waiting period will likely take effect later this week. Reynolds is also asking a district court to reinstate a ban on most abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy. Iowa Congresswoman Ashley Henson, a Republican from Marion, is fighting the Biden administration's plan to cancel student loan debt. Henson says about 13 percent of the U.S. population would benefit at the expense of the other 87 percent. This would be paid for by those who chose not to go to college or those who worked hard to pay back their loans already and um, did not have this. Um, It's simply not fair to be asking truck drivers, linemen, bartenders, electricians and plumbers to pay for someone else's degree. Henson says her parents put away money for years and she got scholarships, so she was able to go to school and graduate debt-free. Henson's Democratic opponent in November is State Senator Liz Mathis of Hiawatha, and she agrees student loans should not be forgiven. Mathis told the Cedar Rapids Gazette she used student loans, and so did her kids to go to college. Mathis said in a statement, the cost of higher education is way too high, and we must do more to train people for the good-paying jobs we need to fill here in Iowa. She also said in the statement that she's worked in the state Senate to bring down the cost of college and increase access to skills training. This proposal from the Biden administration, she says, solves neither problem. House Democratic leader Jennifer Confirst says she's not sure the governor's decision to set aside federal pandemic relief money for the Field of Dreams TV series is the best use of that $6 million. I think that we could be doing things like passing legislation that makes teachers want to live here, that makes families want to move here. I think that we could be doing a lot more in economic development when it comes to making Iowa a welcoming state for all, not just raising awareness of one tourist attraction in the state. Confirst says she supports spending tax dollars on quality of life projects like bike trails and improvements to cultural and tourist spots in Iowa that encourage people to move here. Universal TV is now shopping the series to other networks and streaming services. Governor Reynolds says the $6 million is pledged as reimbursement for costs if the series is made. Confirst made her comments during a weekend appearance on Iowa Press on Iowa PBS. Residents of Lynn, Johnson, Cedar, Clinton, and Scott counties will have a chance in September to share their thoughts about another proposed CO2 pipeline in the state. This one connects ADM ethanol plants. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports ADM and Wolf Carbon Solutions announced in January they intend to build a 350-mile pipeline to transport liquefied CO2 from ADM's ethanol facilities in Cedar Rapids and Clinton to the company's already operational sequestration site in Decatur, Illinois. Wolf filed its first documents with the Iowa Utilities Board on June 27th, submitting a letter asking for six informational meetings and providing a map of the proposed route which starts in Cedar Rapids and goes southeast through Cedar and Scott counties. 
Their map shows a north-south branch extends from Clinton to the main line. The primary proposed route would just barely enter Johnson County. This is the third CO2 pipeline proposed for Iowa. And Wells Fargo announced another round of layoffs in the Des Moines metro last week. The Des Moines Register reports that more than doubles the number of workers at the banking giant who have lost jobs in central Iowa this year. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Starting July 16th, Iowans needing help for mental health will have a new number to dial, 988. The idea is that Iowans will have an easy number to remember when they need immediate mental health support that will divert them away from law enforcement. However, IPR's Natalie Krebs reports as 988's launch date nears, some are concerned about the sustainability of the service. To understand 988, let's go back to October 2020. That's when President Donald Trump signed a bipartisan bill into law. It would change the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline's 10-digit number into a new three-digit number that's much easier to remember, 988. The concept is simple. People experiencing a mental health emergency or in need of resources can call this line to get connected to help whether that's a trained counselor to talk to or local crisis intervention services. 988 is something that's been celebrated as a long-term need by mental health advocates and law enforcement agents like Tony Thompson, the Black Hawk County Sheriff. It helps divert uh, a significant portion of the people that otherwise might end up in the criminal justice system for no other reason than the fact that they are mentally ill. But rolling out the service is proving to be complicated. The federal legislation left 988 up to states to implement, with a hard start date of July 16th. The mandated service comes with federal funding, but it also allows states to impose a new tax on phone lines to fund call centers and even crisis services. Many states, including Iowa, use this kind of tax to help fund 911 services. But Iowa is one of many states that has not introduced any legislation to fund 988. Marissa Ionson is with the Iowa Department of Human Services. She says the state is relying on federal funding to see what real-time demand for it will look like after it launches. We're accounting for what we know today to be additional funding available from the federal level, but we're also looking to detect what that means going forward because there's ongoing conversation at the federal level for how the effort will be supported. It is a nationwide effort and it's important. Ionson says it's unlikely that DHS will have enough data available to review in time to come up with a legislative plan by next session. But the two organizations contracted by the state to set up the statewide 988 call centers have concerns about this. Sarah Nelson is the CEO of Community in Iowa City. We're building a massive infrastructure to do this and without knowing if there's sustainable funding moving forward. And Emily Bloom is the CEO of Foundation 2 Crisis Services in Cedar Rapids. She says it's been challenging to recruit the extra crisis counselors they need with the funding she has. It's really hard to say, hi, you need to have a bachelor's degree and two years of experience and I'm going to pay you $17 an hour. Both organizations currently run call centers for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. But Bloom says estimates provided by the National Lifeline projects calls to jump significantly under 988. And so far, she's hired less than half the additional staff she would like to have in place by the launch date. I can tell you what keeps me up at night, the idea that someone's going to call 
and no one's going to answer and it's going to bounce around until it lands somewhere where someone in another state tries to provide quality services. An estimate by Vibrant, which runs a national lifeline, projected 988 in Iowa will cost $4.4 million its first year. But the state allocated just under $3 million to Community and Foundation 2 for 988's first year. Ionson of DHS says the agency has worked with Vibrant to review that estimate and provide its two contractors with enough funding for the first two years. What we've told them is that we think we're sufficiently funded to start, but if their experience tells us otherwise, we will shift. Uh, and and that is a, that's a promise that we'll make real. This uncertainty has made mental health advocates like Peggy Hopper nervous. She's the executive director of NAMI Iowa. The um, advocate in me wants to, like, we need to have billboards. We need to have this everywhere that people can call 988. But I also understand the sense of caution. You know, maybe we don't want to um, blast it all out because we want to make sure that we can handle what comes in. However, Hopper, like other advocates, say despite her reservations, Iowans who need help should not hesitate to call 988 starting July 16th. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. Thanks for listening to Hear First from IPR News. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you find them. I'm Clay Masters.